Welcome to Tech Mobility Topics. We're talking about plant-based plastics. And I learned a lot. And in fact, <laughs> some myths that I thought I didn't realize were myths or not true, I learned and I'm going to share them with you. I will say this. The research to develop plant-based plastics has gone on in fits and starts for years. As far back as the 1940s, even the Ford Motor Company was showing off exterior car parts that could be made from plant-based plastics, namely soybeans. With our current state of affairs relative to greenhouse gases and climate change, this need to innovate has taken on an increased urgency. Let me start with something that I assumed that I found out wasn't true. And you may have too. You immediately assume that if they're talking about plant-based plastics, that, oh yeah, it should be biodegradable because it's derived from plants. So therefore, you know, I can, you know, do whatever, part of compost, whatever, degrade quickly, all is well, right? Not so much. Let me explain. Let me read this to you. This is an article, I believe from the Wall Street Journal, and I wanted to bring you up to speed. Bioplastics is what they call them, usually derived from plants, okay, such as corn, wheat, sugarcane, and cotton. They're rich in starch, sugar, or pulp. Bioplastics are more expensive than plastics made from fossil fuels because of the cost of growing these crops. And I had to check that because I'm thinking, okay, fossil fuels have to be extracted from the ground, transported, and refined. And that costs money. But they're telling me even after all of that processing, bioplastics are still more expensive. Put a pin in that. We'll come back to maybe why that is. However, the environmental benefits of plast-based plastics are appealing to companies that are trying to use more sustainable materials. Bottom line, real quick. I thought originally that this bat these plant-based plastics were a matter of they would biodegrade, they wouldn't be forever, that would be the good thing, that would be the main thing. Mm-mm. It's the fact that in making them, even though more expensive, they consume or give off less greenhouse gas. So you can use a plastic and cut your greenhouse emissions in half. That is the main thing. Let me give you a little more information. Having said all that, here is the thing that threw me, <laughs> threw me, big time threw me. And I want to get it to you. Okay, one thing that's kind of obvious, plant-based plastics or bioplastics have accounted for just 1% of the world's plastic production for well over a decade. But the production is now growing at 14% a year, putting them on track to reach up to 3% of the plastics market in the next five years. Sounds wonderful, right? Okay, listen to this. This is the part that kind of threw me, and I want to share it with you. Broadly, there are two pipes of bioplastics. Materials that have similar performance to plastics, such as pulp-derived cellulose acetate found in eyeglasses and textiles, and bioplastics that are chemically identical to conventional plastics, such as polyethylene, polyester, and nylon. About half of today's bioplastics are biodegradable. Stop. Wait, what? Half? What? That's the thing. I thought they all were. I thought when you said the word bioplastics, you were suggesting that they were all biodegradable right? No. So now we both know something. Many of these bioplastics require industrial composting facilities to degrade and aren't 
designed to be thrown away in a home garden. Yeah. Okay, so why are we doing this? Hold on. A big selling point is that you can use these, and they've got some of these chemicals that are chemically uh, similar to the ones derived from petroleum, but use only or consume only half the greenhouse gases and cut emissions in half. That's the thing. So really, it's an emissions play more than a, you know, recycling play. I thought that bioplastics was a recycling play. That, okay, we got all this crazy plastic, and if it will biodegrade, we can get rid of it. It goes away. It turns back into whatever it was over maybe five, ten years, as opposed to this forever stuff that we're still finding in uh, the Pacific Garbage Reef, or whatever they're calling it, and everywhere, to where even microplastics are a thing now. I was hoping that in researching for this piece, that bioplastics meant the end of microplastics and that whole nightmare. Not so much. Not so much. Here's one thing that the article says. And no surprise, um, this is catching on more of a thing in Asia and Europe than it is in North America. Not surprised. Even if global plastic recycling rates someday reach 70% compared to with around 9% today, bioplastics along materials made from captured carbon dioxide would still have a big role to play as the world transitions away from fossil fuel-based materials. Nobody can do it on their own. That's their point. It's going to take that as only part of a solution, not the whole solution. That's the thing. But yeah, the thing... I really, really, really got blown away because I really thought that this whole premise was recyclability. And as it turns out, only half. And even of that half that is recyclable, that it still takes something a bit more than, you know, just normal composting by average folks. So if that's the case, why are we doing it? Because it's a way to bridge the gap between fossil fuels and getting 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 our greenhouse gas emissions down. Yeah. So this is the thing. I will say this. Those that have similar characteristics and performance to regular uh, crude oil-based plastics can be recycled in that same stream. These others can't. But I never expected them to be able to. I fully expected them to be able to degrade. You know, I can compost them, whatever. That is really what I thought. And that's one of the myths that just got tore up when I researched the story. And I'm sure when you hear the word bioplastics, that's the first thing that comes to your mind. Oh yeah, plastics that degrade that I can compost or whatever that I can get rid of, but won't harm the environment. Not so much. It means that you can still use bioplastics, will still have an effect, a positive effect on the environment, but it's more of the manufacturer and then the disposal that they will require less greenhouse gas emissions as a result some of that can be recycled but not nearly as much as i thought and i kind of broke my heart because i was really hoping that that would be the big story now the administration has called on the government to assess the potential for biomaterials which include bioplastics Last year, the U.S. Defense Department said it would invest 
$1.2 billion in biomanufacturing. And the European Union is also considering mandating bioplastics under packaging rules that are being discussed. And as a rule, they seem to be more ecologically minded as a whole with the ability to do something about it and the teeth to make sure it happens. It's something that we're going to have to do. Is bioplastics the way it is now the answer? No. They need to do more work, and hopefully they'll get them to a point where, in fact, uh, we can tackle this thing with single-use plastics being the number one problem when it comes to plastics. It's not the durable stuff. It's the stuff we throw away. And if that can degrade, it'd be great. We are the Tech Mobility Show. Did you know that you could still listen to past shows of Roadworthy Drive? Kent Chester here. With the change to the Tech Mobility Show, we've taken steps to maintain our vast library of past shows for your listening pleasure. Whether you want to listen to 1, 10, or 50 of our 1,000 shows, we got you covered. Be sure to visit roadworthydrive.buzzsprout.com or roadworthydrivemoment.buzzsprout.com and subscribe. There's no recurring commitment and you can opt out at any time. We set the price super low so that access to the shows is easy and carefree. Thank you so much for your support. Real facts, real opinions, real talk. Roadworthy Drive is now the Tech Mobility Show. I'm Ken Chester, your host. Every week, I delve into the current trends and topics that impact you when it comes to mobility and technology. Things are changing fast, and I cover these topics in a way that's easy to understand. By tuning into the Tech Mobility Show, you can keep informed about the latest happenings with self-driving vehicles, auto finance, electric airplanes, and more. That's the Tech Mobility Show, heard each week on this very fine radio station. These days, everybody wants to be social, and we're no exception. Hi, I'm Ken Chester, host of the Tech Mobility Show. We get to share additional content that you won't find on the show. Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, and even TikTok. Yeah, we're there. You can find us at Tech Mobility Pod on Twitter and at the Tech Mobility Show everywhere else. Check us out. Be sure to follow us. Believe it or not, the Tech Mobility Show has a website. Yep. Combined with all the other ways you can interact with us, our website is a great place to start. Learn more about the host, find us in the news, and even check out where you can hear our programs across the country on the radio. I know, right? Our website is a great place to learn more about us and our programming. Go to techmobility.show for more information. <laughs> 